To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our MyPillow bed sheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely I free. Just, I just want to thank you for the opportunity, uh, Todd, to, to talk about the book Combat Contrails. Uh, Bill, uh, <laughs> Bill Scott's a terrific guy. He's uh, I've known him for quite a while. And... I used to read him before I knew him because when he was an Aviation Weeks guy, I don't think there was a, a, a week that went by that I didn't read Aviation Week during the time I was in the service and, and doing all my yeah. growing up and so forth. But, uh, you know, Bill is a terrific writer. And everybody, if you haven't seen this book, you need to go out and buy it and you need to read it because you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you're going you're gonna to be entertained, you're going to be enlightened. Because Bill is just a, a great writer. He's written a lot of other things. He, as you know, he's just written another book about General Titus. Uh, yeah, Titus. Earthquake. And, uh, you know, the way Bill pulls ideas and thoughts and stuff together is just phenomenal. So I yeah, recommend we, we, everybody to go out and buy the books and uh, enjoy yourself. And Bill, look up, look him up on the Internet. He's got some other books and stuff. Read those, too, because I, I guarantee you, you'll be uh, appreciative of the way Bill tells the story. Yeah, we used to call it aviation leak back in the day. I don't know. If <laughs> yeah, <you did. laughs> yeah. And, and I guess it still does to somewhat, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. But it, for us, for us, that were involved with aviation aspects all the time. It was, uh, it kept us up to date. You know, they were yeah. a terrific uh, uh, weekly magazine that really made a difference. As I, I told Bill, I said, you know, when I when I moved from one of my houses, my wife told me she says no more because I kept every aviation week that I ever had from about 1961. <laughs> Uh, until until I quit uh, flying and stuff, and uh, it was a absolutely room full of aviation weeks, and so that was a sad part of my heart when I had to send those away because they had terrific stories on them and they did a good job and they still do a good job. Yeah, that was quite a collection at that period of time too. Yeah, when all, when all the design was going on and everything. Yep. So, uh, Major General Bob Hawk Hollingsworth, Hollingsworth, U.S. US Marine Corps retired, and. Yes. Uh, so you've had quite a career. You're an A4 pilot, a Vietnam vet, uh, but I, Bill was telling me you were a ground fact as well, Ford Air Controller. Uh, yeah, I got to, I got to, during one of my tours in Vietnam was I was a Ford Air Controller for the 2nd Battalion, 9th Marines, and uh, of course, uh, every every Marine is a rifleman first. Yeah. And the reason the entree for any aviator is to support that grunt on the ground. Everything else is just rubbish. You know, so that's how we, uh, that's how our, our thought process goes. And before I went to Vietnam, I went to Ford Air Control School up at, mm -hmm. uh, at Camp Lejeune, uh, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And so I was primed and qualified to, to do the job when I got there. And so I was able to spend part of my time with the 2nd Battalion, 9th Marines. 
and called in a lot of airstrikes. It was a uh, wow, quite a, quite a deal. Not not many guys have that kind of experience set, you know, the, the, yeah. the aviation and on the ground. That, that's fantastic. I know a few, yeah. but and there was also a lot of high speed metal flying around on the ground that you don't have any much control over. <laughs> it kind of makes for an exciting day. Yeah. Um, so let's go to Vietnam. Bill said you had a story that was should be should be uh, saved for posterity. So uh, I think he was talking about the Marine Corps scooter story. Well, yeah, yeah. What I what I did when we put the story together, I just kind of uh, since Bill told me what the story was about, was to try to give folks that, that have never had the opportunity to understand what happens in a person's life when you get trained up to go to war and then you actually go to war and all the nuances that go along with that that makes life a little exciting at times and uh, uh so that that was kind of the story that uh that bill wrote for for me to kind of pass on to, to people to let them know because it it took me from from really when i first got was getting ready to go to vietnam getting to vietnam and then the big traumatic day was the first day when I got to Vietnam. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it was, uh, it was, it was a heartbreaker to say the least, but at the same time, I was a hard charging young um, Marine captain. And I just, I was over there to save our country from communism. Right. right. I wanted to kill as many of them as I could. And that was my whole purpose to be in there. So uh, tell us about your experiences in Vietnam. I mean, go into some details if you can. Well, just a little bit of the story here. You know, yeah. when I first <laughs> when I first went over, we left out of Travis Air Force Base, of course, and went on a on a Continental airline uh, uh, to Kadena Air Force uh -huh. Base from uh, from Travis. And then that night, a typhoon hit Okinawa mm -hmm. and lasted three days. And when I got checked into the BLQ, we all went over for supper over at the, over at the O Club, and the typhoon hit when we was getting ready to go back and the winds were so heavy and strong, you couldn't walk back. So we spent the next three days laying on the floor of the old club, uh, you know, just trying to, uh, uh, to stay alive. You know, and, you know, I was a, uh, back in the day, I, I stayed in those BOQs at Kadena and I I'd been to that officer's club. So, uh, well, actually it wasn't at Kadena. It was up at Camp Hansen, you know, oh, okay. Just, okay. Never mind there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, uh, the, the Air Force's BOQs were a little bit nicer than ours, as usual. But yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're still like they kept you dry and warm and gave you a good place to shower. You know, so, gotcha, gotcha. And you weren't sleeping in the dirt, so that was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, after I after I got there and and we a couple of days later, uh, they they lured us up on a, a, a C-130 Hercules and uh, went down to Da Nang. We got to Da Nang. When they opened up the, uh, the the ramp as they were taxing in, the blast of air was something that uh, you, you just almost couldn't believe because it was so mm -hmm. hot and so humid. Mm -hmm. It was uh, it was almost breathtaking. But uh, then we spent the night there, and, and then we next day they took us on a C C forty seven down to Chulai, which is where the A fours were. Mag twelve. Mm -hmm. I was at Chulai, and I was going to be assigned to the MA-223 flying A-4s down there. And uh, I was so excited and I got there and we had a, a program in the Marine Corps where when somebody first comes into country, you're assigned a, a partner. Mm -hmm. And my partner had left my squadron in Beaufort, South Carolina before. He had gone over a, a couple of months after I did. And the reason for that is because 
I went to Florida Air Control School before I went over. And so I was a little late getting there when John Fisher, my, my buddy, he comes and meets me. And so he's supposed to take you all around all the, the, uh, uh, the MAG-12 uh, area, introduce you to all the people at uh, ops and admin and get all your paperwork and stuff done and go down to S4 and get your gear and so forth. And uh, mm-hmm. we did all that. And then about the end of the, close to the end of the day, we were going out at the old club to eat, and we, uh, and, which was on the beats area. It was just a, actually it's a pretty nice old club because uh, Chulai had a, a absolutely marvelous beach. I understand there's some nice high rise hotels on there today. Ah. But uh, anyway, the, uh, John said, "Hey, I got to go fly. I got to uh, I got to go. I got a flight tonight." Well, the shocking thing was that John never came back from that mission that mm. night. He got mm. shot down that night uh, on a on a, a close air support mission. So that was kind of a shock to start. And so mm-hmm. kind of a motivator also at the same time, you know, for the reason I'm here is to close with the enemy and kill him. Yeah. So I took that pretty serious, as did, I think, all my uh, Marine buddies and stuff that uh, were there in July with us. And 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 then I kind of went into a, a, a story of one of the incidents that happened on one of my flights. and Because it, it was kind of an exciting day, to say the least. And yeah, I love Ed Heinemann. He built an airplane that's just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the A-4 is, was a great close air support airplane. It was good for the Marines because it was a cabin airplane that the turn radius was good enough that you could keep the troops and the, and the uh, target in sight when, you, mm-hmm. when you're pulling off target and coming back around and getting ready to attack again. And then it had some features built into it that were uh, – built in there for safety that that made a big difference in, in this particular day. This particular day was the Air Force, you know, there was an omnibus agreement that was, that's, I guess it's still in uh, play between the Air Force and the Marine Corps because our Marine Corps assets are always dedicated to fi- uh, supporting the ground. Mm-hmm. And so as we, as we went through the, uh, the program, the Air Force wanted to know if we could have access to sorties that we were not required for supporting the, the troops and and so they developed this omnibus agreement so on this one particular day i was fragged by the uh seventh air force mm-hmm. normally our, our fragging came out of uh, uh da nang mm-hmm. where the where the marine aircraft wing was located but on this day we got fragged from my flight to uh to go over to uh southern uh North Vietnam and a little bit west of there where we weren't supposed to be. Yeah. But, uh, to, to do is some interdiction on the Ho Chi Minh Trail. And uh, so as, it, as that day particularly turned out, you know, we went out, we had a, we had a desire to use every piece of ordinance that we had to be effective. Sure. And sometimes when we'd fly these missions on the Ho Chi Minh Trail, we would find out that, uh, we didn't get any secondary explosions. We just, we called it making toothpicks. Yeah. We drop a lot of bombs on trees and uh, make a lot of toothpicks. But anyway, the, the, uh, we'd, we'd save, we'd save, uh, some bombs and stuff to, uh, not make toothpicks with, but go do some recon. And so we, we did some illegal recce and, uh, coming back on the way back to, uh, to Chulai. And when my, my wingman and I, we spotted as we were going up this river, we spotted some barges and we went out and 
dispatch those barges. Mm-hmm. And as was coming out is is still up just south of then, uh, North Vietnam. We saw some troops down there doing some because we were doing a low level recce, you know, looking for targets and kind of search and destroy kind of stuff, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and so we found these. Uh, we found these guys building trenches and stuff, you know, and you can see them digging with their shovels and stuff. So, of course, we came back around and and attacked them with, uh, we had, all we had left was 20 millimeter because mm-hmm. we'd already expended all our bombs. And it just so happened that uh, as uh, as I pulled off the, the target after strafing them, I had a hydraulic warning light come on. I said, oh my goodness, got a problem. And I told my wingman, I said, hey, I, I got a hydraulic level light on it and I I, I could see the gunners. I mean, when, you know, when we were doing the attack, you can see the little guy yeah. in the French line shooting at us with a uh, AK-47. So you, you got, got a golden BB thing. that hit you or what? I'm sorry? Did you get a golden BB that hit you or? I, or well, I got four of them. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that, uh, that, that was kind of funny is, is sunlight in, in certain instances, you could see the bullets coming up because the, the bullets would glint. And yep. you, could, you could see them coming up by the cockpit and so forth. And you'd, call, you'd try to jink away and, you know, get out of the, out of the frag pattern. So but anyway, I got hit those four times and it, you know, destroyed my hydraulic system. And and the way Ed Hyman built the airplane, he, he put a manual flight control system in there. This was mm-hmm. certainly before electronic uh, flight controls. This was all hydraulic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so when you lose your hydraulic boost and your flight controls, makes it harder to fly the airplane. Sure, you know? yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. You got so much pressure on the wings, and now you're just you're just doing cables out to the uh, uh, to the ailerons and to the elevator and uh, and to the rudders and so forth. Brute brute strength at that point. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, but it's not overcomable. I mean, you know, it's not, you just got to be careful. You 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 got to be really smooth, and you got to make mm-hmm. sure that. Uh, you're always thinking a little bit ahead. Anyway, mm-hmm. of course, now one of the one of the couple of the bullets had gone through the fuel tank and so forth in my wing, and my wing was I was leaking fuel and so forth. And we always had a C-130 on station for refueling. So I we we took off, got feet wet, went up, and, um, did the did the tanking, got my tank topped off. It was the internal tank and so forth. It wasn't leaking, and so I was good to go there. And then we pressed on back to Chile. And, you know, for you folks out there that have had the opportunity to do some uh, in-flight refuel, and it's, you got to be pretty, pretty. I was going to ask you if it was hard to, to refuel with. Yeah. With, with it's no, always uh, hard. Uh, especially no. when the wind's blowing and the basket's, you know, flapping yeah. around eight, nine feet up and down. And you got to yeah. get your eyeball calibrated to the basket and then uh, and make your moves. But when, when you got flight controls that are really difficult to uh, it makes air-to-air refueling very, very difficult. But, yeah, God was with me, and I overcame, and uh, got plugged in, got some gas, and then we headed on back to Chile. And, of course, Chile at that time, they had established our, our, our Marine uh, uh, battalions had uh, came in and, and established that airfield, and all we had was Marston matting. And it was only 4,000 feet at that time. And they had, had built a... I sat uh, a, a catapult in the in with the sats gear and stuff, but the sand on the on the beach there kept tearing up the the gear. So we we couldn't do launches 
with the cat because they were, it was down all the time. Mm-hmm. So what we'd always do, we had Jado takeoffs, you know, so oh, we wow. had two Jado bottles, 3,500 pounds of thrust on either side. You know, as we'd, as we'd start to roll, you punch the Jado bottles and give you that thrust to get you up to V1 so you could uh, get airborne with all the heavy ordnance and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so coming back, we always had to, we always had to make arrested landings because, you know, 4,000 feet just wasn't enough for the scooter even to, to make a landing with uh, with that. But anyway, came back, landed, did a trap, you know, got that done. That was uh, always exciting to do that. Yeah, but, sure. uh, you know, we had a, a mola, uh, the, the uh, mirror and stuff, just like they have on the back of a ship, you know, that gives us guidance, visual guidance as to how to get to where you can hit the okay three wire. Uh, uh, on the on the runway and so he landed and so forth but that was kind of the gist of that day that was kind of an exciting day and it was only one of them but i i took that opportunity to talk about that because a lot happened on that particular flight and so forth and i just right. uh, I use that as a, a typical little example of how things can go some days you know it's just routine you just go out and do your thing and it's not a big deal some days yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> but that's what they pay us the big bucks for, right? <laughs> and in in every Marine's mind, you know, it's the our thought continually was that we're here for the grunt. Support yep. that the PFC out there with a the rifle that's slinging slinging lead uh, down in the in the mud and the dirt. Yeah. So, so what did, when you after you refueled, did did you go straight home with the hydraulic issue or did you yeah yeah you just flew on yeah it was only probably uh after i got out of the out of the coast over the water got the refueling and headed back towards uh chula i was probably only you know 100 miles away from chula at the time so yeah piece cake from then on you know just yeah. now you just uh just flying just just harder to control you know just and you and obviously the slower you go the less pressure is on the flight controls mm-hmm. so i slowed down to about 220 knots and stuff so that uh yeah, I went flying 300 knots trying to to get the get the stick moved against all that heavy uh, wind loading and stuff. So that was pretty routine. Came back and uh, and landed, and it wasn't a big deal. It was just uh, another day in the life of a uh, a marine in Vietnam. So you always see the the movies where the you know the guys are shooting rifles at the fast movers coming through, and you always wonder if they ever work. So that, that actually, that tactic actually worked against you at that point. Right. I mean, they got, yeah, well, there's a lot of guys shooting. There's a lot of bullets. Yeah. There's a lot of high speed metal flying around. And, uh, yeah. You know, sooner or later, you, uh, you know, somebody gets lucky. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, general, what are you doing today? Uh, you're retired obviously, but are you still flying or? Well, no, I, I, I don't, you know, for 20 years, just matter of fact, we had an operation uh, out of Midland, Texas, called Show of Support. It was uh-huh. a military hunt that we took military uh, wounded folks from all over the country. We'd fly them into Midland. We had some terrific ranchers down there, guys like Clayton Williams and so mm-hmm. forth, that just opened their ranches up, and uh, and we'd take them out and let them. People that were so wounded, they sh- probably shouldn't have been alive, except mm-hmm. for the fact that we got such terrific uh, uh, medical capabilities. It's even improved now than what it was before, but but then it was it was still pretty good. And so we had uh, we had guys that could they were so paralyzed they could only move their trigger trigger finger. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we take them out and let them kill deer, and mm-hmm. then we had a wives program where 
you know, a lot of people don't think about the suffering that goes on in the families while yeah, yeah. while the old guy's gone. You know, whether it's no matter what service is in, if it's in the uh, the Army, the Air Force, the Marines, the Coast Guard, or whatever, you know, the wives have to carry the brunt of the uh, the, the family when when they're gone. Mm-hmm. Then when they get wounded, then they got to deal with all the anxiety first of uh, you know not knowing whether he's going to be alive or dead, and then some sometimes the you know the get keeping the kids and stuff all corralled and 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 focused on on a, a normal lifestyle the women suffer an awful lot and yeah. so we uh, Paula uh, which was the uh, Terry uh, Terry Johnson's wife started this wise program with our program that we when we bring the warriors out in Lake Nimgo and while the warriors were out killing deer and antelope and whatever else that uh, we were at, odd ads, anything, we would uh, uh, entertain the wives back at, uh, at, at Midland, you know, treating them royally. We'd give them some cash, let them spend mm-hmm. some money on themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the town of Midland and Odessa would just roll out the red carpet to these folks and, and mm-hmm. just uh, it was it was it was a terrific experience, and it it kind of made you feel good about America. Yeah, uh, because we do care, and, sure. and 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 if you didn't care, it would be much more difficult for the adjustment for the whole families and so forth. But anyway, so I did that. We did that for twenty years, and then we've had some issues with uh, uh, cancer and so forth with uh, some of the people that were part of our program. And and so we last year we terminated. We had after 20 years. Wow, fantastic! And I still got friends that are doing that. I got a friend, a Marine A4 driver, was with me in Vietnam. Eric Hastings is up in Montana. He's got a, a terrific fly fishing program going for the for the troops, and uh, he's still engaged with that. And I haven't picked that back up yet. We we still do a little bit of uh, up in Wyoming. We still take folks uh, deer hunting and uh, antelope hunting. Mm and to to another organization called freedom hunters so we you know try to stay busy with that and then plus the fact that i you know i'm trying to retire <laughs> hard to do you know <laughs> it's boring <laughs> especially so, for an a4 driver from vietnam <laughs> yeah yeah but, anyway, and plus i've met so many nice friends like bill and so forth and we we stay engaged and uh mm-hmm. and doing some things as a matter of fact there's a another really good friend of mine that uh, we're writing some papers right now to try to get the attention of our government as to where we need to go from right here right now, because the threats that we're facing right now, I'm not sure that everybody is significantly aware of just how much of a a situation we're in worldwide. Well, domestic and international threats. Yes, right. Yeah, definitely. And, And so, you know, there's there's some things that still need to be done, and uh, I'm trying to trying to stay in touch with the right people that will kind of help move this stuff along. You know, we've had some we've had some things going on in the Marine Corps, as you well know, about yep. uh, the new 2030 uh, concept and so forth, and uh, been a lot of controversy about that. So we're trying to all, uh, do our best as we can to try to make this all work. You know, because we still love our country, and, uh, sure. and we we want to do everything that we can. To keep America's Constitution alive and well, and uh, and the American people uh, being able to experience the the rights, liberties, and freedoms that we've had 
our entire lives. Well, General, if you want to ever publish anything at Armed Forces Press, we'd love to we'd love to entertain it. So if you want to get something out, you just let okay. us know. Yeah, so we're just about to finish up this paper, and I'll send you a copy of it and let you make an analysis and tell me what you think. Outstanding. I would, I would be honored. Sir, thank you for your time, and I really appreciate the interview. Right, God bless you, and thanks for all you're doing to keep people informed about what's going on. Take care, sir. Yeah, God bless. It's going to be a good day. This Monday, we do have a little bit left available here. Check us out, familyfarmbeefbox.com. Thanks. Have a good day.